Here we go, here we go, here we go. We're back in the building. DNA of a champion, you know who this is. It's your boy, Jay. DNA of a champion, if you ain't know, now you know that inside of you, there is greatness. Inside of your DNA, inside of the makeup of who you are, there is something great. There is a champion. Now, how do we unlock that champion? That is why we have this show, because I think I know a few people who've unlocked this champion within. They've won, they've divided, they've conquered, they've overcome. Today, I've got a good friend of mine, Michael Russo. Mr. Russo is into a lot of things. A lot of things. This is going to be a fun show today. It's going to be real fun. And uh, I actually have some questions that I, I am curious about. I need to answer. Now, I've known Mike since, uh, since what, eighth grade? Eighth grade. It's been a long oh, time, yes, man. long time. It's been a long time. It's NFL days. <laughs> yeah. It's a long Dang, time. It's been a long time, man. Here we go, Mike. Introduce yourself, please. Man, um, my name is Mike Russo, a.k.a. Russo, stud, Mr. Goodbar, whatever you want to call me, uh, <laughs> photographer, game creator, mm. I don't know, brother, son, Mr. Nice Guy. Mr. Nice Guy. <laughs> yeah. Nice Guy Mike, as my friends call me. My first, my early images, not my first, but my early images of Mike, Tinted Visor. Mmm. You're taking this way back. Oh, wow. I'm taking it back. <laughs> Applewood days, tinted visor, all-star running back, Ropsa. You were a beast, man. We would be like, yo, that guy's good. We're playing on defense against him. We're like, yo, that guy is good. We actually won the junior championships that year, mm-hmm. and we won off this crazy play where we pitched it to one guy, and then he threw up a Hail Mary to another guy. He, you know he closed his eyes on that pass? Did he really? He did. He closed his eyes. Marcel. Wow. Closed his eyes. And you know what's game. crazy? I, I will actually never forget that game. Really? The score was nine to eight. Yeah. I remember it. You killed it. Yeah. I really can't believe game. that our quarterback threw an interception, and that was one of the reasons why we lost. Was it in the end? He threw an interception at the end. In the end? Yeah, it was like our last chance. Yeah. And he threw the interception, and the game was done. Yeah. Fourth yeah, quarter, really like no clutch. Yeah, no clutch. Oh, no clutch. No clutch. But now you're all clutch. Okay, hold on. Let me now now here's another another image. Mike. I don't even know how we kind of reconnected, but like, Jay Hood, I got this business. I got this business. This is what I'm doing. This is what's happening. I want to show it to you. And you came to my place downtown. Right, right. When you right. were just starting photography, you're building your oh photography. I'm <laughs> bringing it back, right? Remember? It must have been like 20. 23, yeah. About 23, 24. Yeah, Yeah, because I've been doing photography about about eight years, maybe nine years. Yeah. And you came and you showed me you were building your Twitter. You must have had like a thousand, not even a thousand followers. And you're like, check it out. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to like give my thousand followers. I'm going to like take them out for dinner. I'm going to do some kind of incentive. Yeah, yeah. And you were, it was like Wix. Was it Wix that you used or Uh, WordPress? No, I think I was using WordPress. Was it WordPress? You built your site from scratch. Like it wasn't even launched yet. No. I don't think it was launched yet. Like, but man, if you you want to talk about passion seeping through somebody, and it and and the the amazing thing was that he wasn't convincing me that it was a good idea. He already knew. He was sharing with me the good idea. And I was like, I think, I think my sister, I saw my sister lay that down. I was like, 
like some some real stuff, some big stuff, right? And then it's so crazy. <laughs> That's awesome, man. It, it, you know what? It's crazy to think back at those stages because at that point I was just really, really just trying. Yeah, just trying, just like you know, instead like trying a ting. Yeah, like I was just. <laughs> <laughs> let me try a thing. Yeah, let me try a thing. Let it was like that. I was like really just trying to see if it would make it work. Let me try to make a website. Let me try yeah. to launch a photography business. Yeah. Let me just try. And you know, the one of the reasons why I actually took it so serious at that point was because I had seen other things in my life that I didn't take serious pass me by. Mm. All right, you got to elaborate on that because I don't okay. know this part. So, for example, like you kind of alluded to it, I was always a sprinter. Mm-hmm. And that was my thing. Yeah. And I was like, oh, you know, I'll go to Olympics, but I didn't try. Mm-hmm. So and then another thing was I was good at acting when I was like in, in high yes, school. Yes, 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 yes. You were. Yeah. And I remember that. Yeah. I was like, oh, I'll be an actor. And I didn't try. But well, hold on. This was this was actually a question that I've had. Why did you stop with sports? <sighs> you know, that's a good question. I think a little bit of. The politics of football got me at a young age mm. where I was like, I don't like this. Mm-hmm. And that kind of turned me off a little bit. Mm. Okay. So that kind of turned me off where I was like, I don't know if I like it. I liked it, but I don't yeah. know if I like dealing with the authority figures saying yeah. that. You know, you know, my problem is I have a problem with authority. That's what I, I realize you. now. I hear you. I actually at, like my age problem. now, yeah. I have a problem with authority. Yeah. So someone saying, like, come out of the game. And I'm like, yo, what's the reason? Yeah. <laughs> like, why are you taking me out? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I want to know these things. And, and they're like, be quiet and listen. Yeah, they're just like, just be on the sidelines and cheer for your team. Like, yeah, yeah I want, like, that's fine. <laughs> I can do that. But why are you taking me out of the game? Yeah. You know, things like that I didn't like. <laughs> and so the politics started to, like, get to me. And I yeah. was like, ah, maybe yeah. this, maybe this isn't, this isn't my thing. I don't know. Actually, one reason why I stopped playing at, at the pro level is it was just too much, man. I saw grown men, coaches yelling at other grown men, like they crazy, were, like they were they they were babies. Like yeah, they like like that person like bleeds red the same way as you. Mm-hmm. Like, why would you treat them that way? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Not the, it's not right. Yeah, just because you're in a position of power. Yeah, I don't like not that right. stuff. Like that is what I really don't like. Yeah, and just like when I was working full time. And then asking managers for a vacation. After a while, it just kind of got to me. Yeah. I was like, I'm a grown man. I can't be asking you for a vacation. And no, no How old joke. are you, 18? No, no, this is like towards the end. Like, this is before the game started. So this is when I was like 26, 27 okay. maybe. Okay. No, okay. I'm like maybe like 28. Uh-huh. I don't remember. But, like, it got to me where I was like, I, you know what? I, I can't do this. And the politics of that job yeah. started to weigh on me a little bit. Yeah. So anytime there's an authority figure saying you can't or you should be, ah, I can't do it. It's not for you. It's not for me. And I realize that now that I'm older, I just, I just, it just bothers me. It gets to me. It's funny because a few of us used to work at Red Lobster. You know the Red Lobster by <laughs> Burnham Thorpe. Don't know Burnham. Yeah. <laughs> no one McDonald's. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Me, yeah. Franco, Greg, a bunch of us used to work there. And we had a manager. And I remember trying to book some time off. And I said, hey, I need this weekend off. And he said, no, I need you to work this weekend. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, well, I need this weekend off. And yeah. he said, no, you're going to work this weekend. And because I was smart and understood the game, I said, okay, I know that it's going to cost you more money 
to hire someone and train them to get up to my level. So if you don't give me this weekend off, I'll just quit Mm -hmm. and put you in a bind. Mm -hmm. So it would make way more sense for you to give me this time off so that you have me in the future on the schedule. Yeah. And it's crazy how they just kind of take advantage of people. Yeah. It's crazy. You know, and I've always, like, just because of reasons like that is now when I am running my own team, I don't do things like mm, that mm-hmm. because I definitely treat the people that I'm working with the way how I want to be treated. Good. Yeah. And that's one thing I really, really stress. Yes. Um, because I don't want to have anybody having any not negative things to say. It's not that they can have negatives to say about whatever, but I don't want them to have that feeling in their heart. Like, I don't like this place. Yes. Any animosity, or any animosity towards yeah. me or the company. Mm-hmm. You don't want someone to leave your company and be like, I hate Oxcott or I hate the photography business because you had one bad boss. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's something that I've been like, I can't do that. Yeah. I'd never be like that. That's good. You can't stress people out. There's no, it's unnecessary. Nothing's going to, nothing's going to burn. There's, everything's going to be fine. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Yeah. Like you not coming to work that day. Mm Mm-hmm. It's not like like people aren't going to show up to eat. Right? (laughs) You know what I mean? Business shut down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jay make it. Well, shut down. <laughs> close up shop, guys. <laughs> so now with the acting. Why oh, did you stop so the, the acting. acting now. Um, you know what? Acting was something so I had one modeling audition mm-hmm. and I was driving around downtown. I couldn't find parking. And I was like, I'm just going home. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happened. That was it. That, that was, was like it. Grand opening, grand closing for that. First and last. But I was always good at, you know, kind of speaking out loud and mm-hmm. being in drama and doing that sort of thing. I remember back in high school, my mom came to one of my improv cl- like classes. Like, we had a show. And uh, by the end, she was, like, crying. Wow. Not because she was sad, because she thought it was so funny. Yeah. That she was, like, she's like, I didn't know you had, you like, you could do that. Yeah. And I was like, I've just always been kind of been, like, goof- as an older kid, just looking at my aunts and uncles and they would play around and that kind of just instilled in me. And that's kind of how I became, I guess, someone that had a sense of humor. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so the acting thing, I guess, it never never flourished because I didn't have anybody to push me and say, hey, you're actually good at this. We should put you in some acting classes. Or you're a good sprinter. We should put you into, you know, some some running stuff. Like, right. I never kind of had that backing. Mm-hmm. All the Caribbean backing I had was school, 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 mm. and not so much extracurriculars. So I feel like that kind of played a role. And then when I was old enough to make my own decisions, I was like, now nah, I can just do whatever I want now. And I don't, I don't right. need that. I don't need that. The, the parents to say, yes, you can, you can do this. I don't okay. need your backing as much. You'll be able to back me eventually when I start to be successful at it. Yeah. And that's what happened. So you still have the uh, competitive nature. of an athlete. You still have the work ethic of an athlete. You still have the creativity of an actor, of an artist, Mm -hmm. right? Um, So now, what was the difference between not moving those things forward in at that time, but then when you wanted to launch your own thing, what was the difference? What propelled you? You know what it was? It was, I think me starting to really know who I am mm. and me realizing the person who I could be mm-hmm. and saying, I'm not going to dash away the blessing that God gave me. Mm. So all the other blessings I could have had, I don't know what I could have done right. with sprinting or with acting or with anything. I don't know. 
because I never mm-hmm. tried. I never put all my eggs in the basket. Yeah. But then when photography came around, it's something I loved even in high school. Mm-hmm. And after I shot my friend's wedding, he just asked me to do it. Yeah. I came home and I was like, I can do this. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not going to let this blessing go away. Okay. So then I was like, I'm going to be a photographer. Yeah. And that was it. It was like a switch. It's like, you're going to do just it. Just a switch. And then luckily, like, I sort of meet people in the industry mm-hmm. and the photographers that I looked up to were also saying, you know, you have talent. Mm-hmm. Why don't you come on and be like a second shooter or like someone, mm-hmm. like someone of an intern yeah. and you can help me out. Yeah. And now we get to learn. Yeah. And that's kind of how that whole thing bubbled and okay. started off. Okay. When was that? How old were you? Oh, man. And what were you doing? Like, where, where were you at at that point in your life? So at that point, I was, I was working at Rogers mm-hmm. at the head office downtown. And I was doing, um, I was a bilingual business analyst. Okay. So what a lot of people don't know is a lot of the Rogers wireless stores are actually franchises. Mm-hmm. They're actually owned by Rogers. So those guys would contact us and, you know, they would ask for, like, credit increases. So I was doing, like, I was reading income statements, balance sheets to give them credit so they can buy phones and they can sell phones and that sort of thing. Okay. So I was doing that for about eight years. No, mm-hmm. uh, maybe longer than that. About No, I think about, about eight years. Okay. Is that for about eight years? And, uh... I started photography, I think, a year after I was working at Rogers. So I was doing both. Mm-hmm. So when I was doing both, I was shooting my own projects mm-hmm. and then helping other photographers shoot their projects. Mm-hmm. And then I was working full time. Wow. So I would work, wake up at like 6, get back home around 630, mm-hmm. and then I would edit up until like 12, 1, wow. go to bed. And then go back to work. Jeez. And on the weekends, I would shoot. Yeah. Sometimes I was shooting like Muskoka or wherever, and I would come back to work on the Monday. So I was just wow. doing that for like six, seven years. And I started shooting my own weddings. Wow. And so I was just like always working pretty much. Yeah. Sometimes like my friends like, yo, it's my birthday. I'm like, I can't go. I'm shooting. Yeah. hmm And then just having that. That mentality, like, I really wanted this to work. Yeah. Before I even started photography, I thought that I had to know Photoshop. And for four or five months, that's all I did. Mm. I'd come home from work, and I'd be on Photoshop up until, like, 12, 1 o'clock. And then Mm -hmm. go back to work, come home, and then learn Photoshop. And that's all I was doing. And how did you learn Photoshop? Um, <laughs> I went on the torrents and downloaded some <laughs> tutorials. Yeah, yeah, tutorials. I was on YouTube. I was wow. finding anything like whatever that cost that cost money. I didn't have money, yeah. So of course, like two thousand. I was like, man, I can try to hustle this online, see if I can get free. Wow. And then I would, and I would just do all the tutorials like in these courses, and that's how I learned how to use Photoshop really, really well. So wow. I was like, when I become a photographer now, and I start shooting. I'll have the the know-it-all to do these things fast. And I can work on my images and, you know, kind of give me that edge. Wow. So how many years were you doing this round the clock? 6 a.m. Um, to 1 a.m.? Uh, I want to say, like, maybe, like, six, seven years, man. I was I did it for a long time. Wow. I did it for a long time up until I got laid off. Wow. Yeah. I got wow. laid off in 2014. I, had, wow. I haven't had a full-time job since 2014. And what 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 happened then? Um, Rogers was downsizing. We had a new CEO come in. 
and they wanted to cut cost yeah. and, um, you know, make their books look better to investors and that sort of thing. So when he, this new guy came in, I think his name was Guy something, um, he came in and he wanted to make changes. And there was other rounds of cuts through the years I was there. Mm-hmm. But when this guy came in, he ended up cutting our team. So we went from a team of 16 to about four of us. Wow. And at that point, I was like, if I get cut, it's a blessing. Mm-hmm. It's time. Mm-hmm. Because photography was building up and I wasn't second shooting as much. I was shooting my own weddings. Mm-hmm. And I had opened up the boudoir portion of my business. Mm-hmm. And I really wanted to focus on that. Mm-hmm. And when they called me that day and they were like, hey, can you come downstairs? I was like, is this the call? And then she was like, just come downstairs. Mm-hmm. And I, cl- I hung the phone up and I was like, guys, I'm out. Yeah. I'm out. With a smile and on your face. With a smile. And I was giving people hugs, goodbye. Yeah. I was like, it's time. Yeah. I just wanted my severance. Right. I was there for seven years. I was right. like, I'll get a good severance. Yeah. And I can start my life. I can start the dreams that I want to do. Mm-hmm. And luckily, I wasn't one of those people with like a mortgage, kids, mm-hmm. you know, and that sort of thing. Yeah. I was like, oh, man, I'm fine. Like, let me just yeah. go and do this. Yeah. That's what I wanted my whole life. Like, now I can now I can go ahead and just be my own boss. They sat me down. They're like, sign the papers. And I did. And then she's like, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> it was a room like this. And she sits me down. And she's like, are you okay? And I'm like, honestly, I would be more upset if I dropped a plate of food. <laughs> God, the look on her face when I said that, shocked. It's different. Shocked. People are different, man. I knew what I wanted to do, and I was like, I'm fine. I'm totally fine. Okay. Wow. This is awesome. Before we dig deeper into the real, the business aspect, I want to talk about education, okay? You've you've already mentioned your Mm self-education. How else are you educated? Besides high school? Mm -hmm. And besides living life mm-hmm. uh i think that's that's it man that's, that's it. it i did go to uh i went to college mm-hmm. for a year and i really wanted to do university so i did the mm-hmm. one year of college mm-hmm. and then went to university mm-hmm. and i was actually i actually wanted to be a journalist mm-hmm. so i went to school and then i realized i didn't like writing as much when i was told to write stuff mm. i wanted to write my own passion projects and that sort of thing mm-hmm. so i just left that and i started working at um like Citibank, mm-hmm. and i was doing credit stuff over there mm-hmm. and then that department closed and i went to another company called wells fargo mm-hmm. and that department closed wow. and then i went to rogers and i was there until they let me go so what your was it your love for journalism that moved you to college and then university um i think i want i want to write so mm-hmm. i really liked writing i really mm-hmm. as a kid growing up i loved the arts mm-hmm. i loved um drawing um i didn't like music that much <laughs> oddly enough yeah. i didn't like music that much but i liked acting i liked drawing i liked writing i liked all of those things mm-hmm. and um I think it's there's a difference between you having a passion for it on your own accord, like when you're at home doing these things, mm-hmm. versus, you know, with someone saying, like, we need you to write, like, an essay on this, something you don't have a passion for. Mm-hmm. And then when I was a kid, my my aunt would be like, 
we want you to read the Bible. Mm-hmm. And I would just, I would just wouldn't want to read it. Mm-hmm. I was like 11 years old. Like, I don't want to read the Bible. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> I just want to read something that's, that's, that's for me. Yeah, like a comic book or something. Comic book or like <laughs> give me a novel or something that I'd be really interested in. Yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah. of all things, like you don't get the 12-year-old kid a Bible to read. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? So I think me realizing that now is like if I was be a parent, Mm-hmm. I'm just going to push my kids to what they really want to do versus just saying, mm-hmm. you need to do this. Mm-hmm. Because I was in music doing piano and I hated it. Mm-hmm. I was in for like for two years. Mm-hmm. And I was driving, we were driving to the piano class one day and my aunt was like, do you like this? And I was like, no. <laughs> you know, I was just kind of <laughs> At least she asked. <laughs> yeah, because I was doing it because she want, they wanted me to do it. Yeah. But it wasn't a passion of mine. Yeah. It might have been a passion for them. Yeah. But it wasn't mine. Yeah. So... I think you always got to find your passion. Mm -hmm. And if you have parents that are aware that finding what you like is the most important thing versus Mm -hmm. you finding it about them forcing you into things, I think you have much successful kids, Mm -hmm. way way more successful kids. Or kids who are not like, "Uh, I'll be an accountant because I don't want my friends do. Or I'll be a lawyer because my friends want to do. You know, if you can push a kid to do whatever they want from from the jump, Mm-hmm. then you'll have superstar kids, no doubt. Mm-hmm. No I doubt. Agree. I agree. So, going uh, back to education, mm-hmm. uh, the Sorry. reason why I brought that up was because um, I think, and, and, and everything that you said is education. Yeah. I think sometimes we lean towards formal education and put it on a pedestal and move away from kind of life education and experiences and what we're learning, yeah. you going from job to job. Some people may see that as a failure. Some people may see that as, man, he's on hard times, right? Mm-hmm. But it's obvious that you saw it as a learning experience, mm-hmm. right? You're learning about yourself. You're learning about your likes. You're learning about your dislikes. You're learning about who you are, yeah. right? And sometimes that may take a year in college or a year in university. For some people, it may take four, mm-hmm. right? But at the end of the day, you got to figure out who you are. Yeah, You got to figure out what you're really into and how you can direct the rest of your life into doing those things, right? I think um, at a younger age, I was very aware of the things I didn't like. Mm-hmm. But I also didn't know the things that I really liked. Mm-hmm. And the things that I really liked, I don't think I gave them enough attention. Mm-hmm. versus stuff I knew I didn't like. So, like, I know I didn't like college. Then I went to university. I'm like, I didn't really like university, mm-hmm. right? I think I was looking for something else, but I just didn't know what it was, mm-hmm. right? So when photography came, I was like, oh, this is, a, I love this. Mm-hmm. I could do this for free. Right. Right? And that's right. how I knew. I was like, I can't give this up because I love doing this. Mm-hmm. So the passion and knowing that I can make a business out of it, I'm like, I'll win. Regardless, yeah. I love doing love this. It. I yeah. love making art. Yeah. I love that process of it. Mm-hmm. Coming home and looking at 1,200 photos, I was like, oh, this is great. Yeah. You know, because, like, this was mine. I made this. Yeah. You know, so I think that was important for me mm-hmm. to know what I liked versus um, what I didn't like and kind of finding that groove, which eventually took time. So if There's you could a, go back to the younger days, Mike's mm-hmm. younger days, or even thinking about, like, if, if you want to have kids, what you would say or do for your kids. Like, how would you make it different? How to make their lives different or how yeah, to make my life different? theirs as young people. You know what? I think you have to when – you, when you're younger, you can try so many things. Mm-hmm. And you can just try, try, try. 
Yeah. Even even if you're in your 30s, mm-hmm. you can still try. Mm-hmm. You may have more responsibilities, but you can still try things out to figure out what you want. Yeah. I don't think there is a there's a cutoff to when you can try something and be successful. Successful, Because mm-hmm. Colonel Sanders didn't find KFC until he's like 60 or 70 right. or something like that. Right. Yep. I mean, those stories happen. Mm-hmm. They happen all the time. Mm-hmm. It's just better when you're younger because when you're like in your 30s or 40s, Maybe you're making a lot of money, mm-hmm. or maybe you're just you're living off your happiness because you make maybe fifty or sixty thousand, and you're like, man, I I love this. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. So I think if I like if I had children, I would try to put them in things, mm-hmm. you know, and just kind of like test. Yeah. As I test my analytics now with my customers, mm-hmm. I think I would take that same approach and test my children. Like, do they like this? Are they mm-hmm. good at this? And if they're not. Then we move on. Yeah. But if they like it, we double down. Yeah. You yeah, know? Yeah. Because it just makes sense for them to be in something they, that, that they like doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love it, man. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. But, yeah, it's just like school was school was something that um, I think I was I was a good student. Um, I wasn't the best student. I was a, I was a good student. But mm-hmm. I think I inherently as I was a, as growing up, I always wanted to be a kid. And I never wanted to let that go. Mm-hmm. Those like like Peter Pan was my favorite because I was like he's <laughs> he loves that like he's a kid. Yeah, you know what I mean. He's like, all a kid all the time. And yeah. that old Toys R Us jingle was like I don't grow on to grow up. Yeah, I'm, I'm a, a Toys R Us kid. kid. Yeah. And I was like that's me because growing up and I saw adults. I'm like these guys look miserable, mm. and I don't want to be miserable in my life. Yeah, that I knew as yeah. a young kid. It's like that I knew. Yeah, and I kind of maybe that's the reason why. The nine to five stuff didn't work out because even there, people just look miserable. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like there's a line that Drake said that kind of resonates with me. And it's like, I quit school and it's not because I'm lazy. I'm just not the social type and campus life is crazy. But mm-hmm. understand, I can get money with my eyes closed. Mm-hmm. And that bar just kind of like resonated with me when I heard it. I would listen mm-hmm. to it over and over and over again mm-hmm. because that's kind of how I felt. <laughs> It's been knowledge now, man. <laughs> oh my goodness! I uh, Carlo came in to speak to one of my classes today, and he said uh, someone called him a grown up. He said, "I'm not a grown up." <laughs> I get it. He was on it. He was like, "I'm still a kid." Yeah. He's like, "My definition of a grown up is someone who does what they do not want to do and lives miserably mm. because they want to." be in the status quo and they don't want to be seen as something different than what everybody else is. Bars. Yeah. <laughs> Where's Carlo at? I'm going to hit him with the, with the poetry snaps because that's so true. Yeah. The sadness that as some, like the adults have because they have to do what they, what they don't like. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. It sucks. Yeah. It sucks. Yeah. Because I remember I went to take your kid to work day Mm -hmm. middle school with my aunt and she worked at a place like UPS Mm -hmm. and I remember sitting at the cubicle with her and I was bored (laughs) so bored she was like taking calls and like putting the address in and I was like I can't do this (laughs) I can't do this (laughs) so take your kid to work day really shook me yeah like everyone else, when they were like, "Oh, they had like a thing for us. We had cake and blah blah blah." Not her job. And I was like, "Man, this is crazy." <laughs> like I was so scared. It's like <laughs> this is what adulthood is like. You make money, but you're sad. 
dear God, can I be a kid forever? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I think just even now, just that childlike attitude. Like photography, I shoot weddings and I shoot these creative sessions. We're joking between, we're laughing, yeah. but I'm still working. I'm still getting paid. And I think that's that's successful for me. Mm-hmm. You know, that's like, I love that. Yeah. I have fun when I'm when I'm working. Yeah. Never let go of that inner child. Yeah. So now the photography. Um your your friend asked you to shoot his wedding. Was it because he knew you were into photography? Nah. Was it, what happened? He was broke. Oh wow. He was broke. No way. We were like 22, 23. We were so young. He got married really young. Wow. And we all had jobs. So I was one who had a camera, uh-huh. and he was like, can you shoot it? And I was like, bro, no, I can't. I'm not a photographer. You just had a camera. I just had a camera, and I just like taking pictures. And wow. he was like, come on, you have a nice camera. And like the stress over me when he asked, and I couldn't really say no, I was like, fuck. Wow. Okay, I guess I'm a photographer for this wedding. Wow. And that's what, we all had jobs. Like Some of our friends were like the DJs for the night. <laughs> yeah, it was like that. Another friend was like in charge of getting chairs and ushering and tables and... And, yeah, we all had jobs. That's smart. And as a photographer, my job was to shoot the wedding. Yeah. And I did it, and I edited everything to him. Yeah. And then when I had that realization, like, a week after when I was editing, I'm like, I could do this. How did how did you prepare for the shoot? Did you just go in? I couldn't sleep. You could... <laughs> I couldn't sleep. I couldn't sleep. I remember that night we all slept at the hotel and I could not sleep. Wow. Because I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm going to fuck this up. Yeah. Yeah. I was stressed, bro. <laughs> I was so stressed out. Because I was like, this guy is trust me with the biggest day of his life. Wow. Someone who doesn't know what they're doing. But eventually it just worked out. This is worked out. I used to get so stressed over shooting mm-hmm. until... I really believed in my skills. Mm. And I was like, I don't even look at photographers' work anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll, I just go. Mm-hmm. Everything inspires me. Like, I see, like, an ad in the mall, and I'm like, that's a great shot of a guy and a girl. I'll take a picture of it on my phone. Yeah. I'm like, that's inspiring. Yeah. You know, I'll go to, like, the museum. I'm like, that's inspiring. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily need to look at photography of weddings to be inspired by art. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I watch movies, yeah. music videos. I'm like, that's amazing. Yeah. That's a, those are great shots. That's that's framed really well. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't need to look at one medium. I can just look at everything now. I but now I'm not, st- I'm not stressed anymore. What it's just sweating. It's soft takes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you're a pro now. You're a vet, yeah. a seasoned vet. Mm-hmm. I call that the seventh sense. If you have this, uh, and I think Malcolm Gladwell in his book, Blink, it's called Snap Judgments. It's like you could just see a thing. And pick out something of it out of it that pertains to whatever your passions, whether mm-hmm. it's the art or the the screenplay or the acting, whatever yeah. it is, your seventh sense comes alive and it pulls it out. Okay, so you do this one wedding, then you're thinking, and I could do this, I could get paid for this. Yeah. Then what do you do? Uh, what do I do after that? I go home, I start researching how to make a website. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the hustle starts, and I'm like, I have no work. Education again. Yeah. Right. So then I go on Craigslist. Right. And I pull up, I make an ad saying, I will shoot you for free if I can mm. use your photos on my portfolio. Mm. And that's what I did. I didn't know you did that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So I would put up ads, and I would get models, and they would say, like, I have a shoot. 
or I would go on the Craigslist section and they would say that there's a creative section on Craigslist. Mm -hmm. So anybody out there listening, there's a creative section on Craigslist where you can go and you can just see what pertains to you and click it and just apply. There's regular people like me and you who are like doing things for free mm-hmm. and they're like, hey, you know what? I need a photographer. Um, I need a makeup artist. I need a stylist. And I was like, cool, dope. I can shoot. So then I would get my work done through that way. Wow. Or I would go on Facebook and I was like, I would pick out people that were in relationships and say, can I shoot you guys? Yeah, right. <laughs> and they were like, yeah, sure. <laughs> so, you know, like I would, they would sh- I would shoot them and then I would have more work. And to the point where uh, I had enough work and the people when I was shooting second shooting for their weddings, I could use some of their images on my website in like a portfolio section. Yeah. And that's how you build. Wow. So it's a grind. Like you just don't get emails right away, but it takes yeah. a while, right? Yeah. It takes a while. And you did some work for free. Yo, people don't understand that you have to work for free mm-hmm. when you're not working in a nine to five job. Mm-hmm. A paycheck doesn't mean you're successful. Mm. It means absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. Like it's great to get a paycheck, but if you're always looking for that paycheck, you miss the lesson. Mm. If these walls were in soundproof. If these walls were But yeah, you miss it, right? Because you're always chasing money. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna tell you, money runs real fast. Mm. You can't chase it. So when it comes to doing things for free, shooting for free, I was always there. I was always doing it because it built relationships, Mm -hmm. it built my portfolio, and a lot of the times those relationships ended up being money later on, Mm -hmm. right? So, for example, one of the – there was this this girl that I met just being around in industry. She ended up being – this is like not too long ago. She called me up one day last year and she's like, hey, I need you to shoot something for me. Would you be interested? And I was like, yeah, sure. She's like, it could be, it's going to be a big payday for you. It's going to be for the government. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, my God, yes, let's do it. Mm-hmm. And this is just building relationships over time. Like I never shot with her um, just being someone personable and telling everyone that I met at the time, I'm a photographer. I'm a photographer. Right. I'm a photographer. I'm a photographer. They add you to Instagram, posting your work. You know, I mean, you add you to Facebook, you post the work, so you always see it. You never know who's listening. You never know who's watching, mm-hmm. you know? So I post stuff, and then, like, two or three years later after meeting her, she's like, I got a gig for you. Wow. You know, and I was like, wow, thank God. Like, this is amazing. It came at the perfect time because I was starting, yeah. like, the Ox God game and everything. I needed yeah. the funds yeah. to um, to do that. But shooting you for free is so important. Mm-hmm. If you are, a, like, let's say, for example, I want to be a set director for a new artist coming up. I make a post on creatives, like on Craigslist, and I'm like, I want to do a set design for you. I want to create a direct for you. And maybe they're like, yeah, let's work together. And you do it for free. Because you do it for free and then you don't know how people are watching it or how mm-hmm. people are seeing what you're doing or listening to your name will come across their ear at one point. Mm-hmm. I know so-and-so, his set design is ridiculous. Look what he did for me. People will vouch for you if they really like your work. Mm-hmm. You know, So you just got to do things for free. Because there's no application to be a photographer. It's open field. It's the wild, wild west. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> so a lot of these jobs, like you ask any kid, like what they want to be with when they grow up, they'll tell you like a stable pension job mm-hmm. and ask what their passion is. And they'll always have one, but they'll never pursue it mm-hmm. because they don't know how to go about it. And a lot of times you're going to do things for free. Mm-hmm. So 
is it safe to say, you know, don't chase the money, chase your dreams? What chase your dreams chase and money always comes. Mm-hmm. It will always come. If you're really good at what you're doing and the market is fucking with you to a certain degree, you'll get paid. Mm-hmm. You'll get your bread. I promise you. Mm-hmm. 100%. I like to say money is a byproduct of greatness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I teach here and uh, it actually came from doing something free. Uh, a friend of mine referred one of the program heads here to me. He said, hey, Hood, a friend of mine needs a speaker for a careers class, university class. You want to do it? I was like, sure. What is his volunteer? Is it paid? He's like, just a volunteer. I'm like, sorry, I love speaking to kids. Mm-hmm. Love speaking to university crowd. Came in. We had an amazing time. And then I told her about a mentoring program for university students I did. So they signed up, and that was paid. Yeah. And then after that, she's like, you'd be a really good teacher. (laughs) There's an opening. Yeah. And she was on the panel. Yeah. That hired me. (laughs) You're right. Right? Yeah. Like, just because a paycheck paycheck is attached to it doesn't always mean that you'll be whistling for very long. Mm -hmm. I promise you. Like, it could be like a one and done. Yeah. Just because a paycheck attached to it. But, like, um, people people could intern. Like, the interns that I have now. You know, I mean, like, if one of them wants to stay on mm-hmm. and just kind of do it, they can, mm-hmm. you know, and like they won't get paid, mm-hmm. but they can stay on until yeah. they do get paid. Yeah. Right. And they'll probably be much happier work with me than they, if they're working for like a big establishment. True. Right. So I, I get it. Everyone needs to make money somehow. Mm-hmm. You have to because as you get older, you know, you got bills to pay or whatever, credit cards do, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Things like that have to. You have to pay your cell phone bill, whatever the case may be. But if you have a passion for something, money isn't that serious and mm-hmm. neither is your ego. Because mm-hmm. if, like, I would sleep outside if I knew I was going to meet, like, Jay-Z tomorrow to help me out with Oxgod. Mm-hmm. But would I sleep outside to talk to like a great dentist mm-hmm. probably not mm-hmm. it's not my passion it's not where my passion lies right right so you do things that you want to do but you just gotta find that out right right I think uh, I've been wrestling with this idea for the past little while I think there's a real generational shift like you talked about your aunt and, and parents in general mm-hmm. and I think the way they were raised is Hard work, make money, buy a house, have this, oh, yeah. get the car, do this, Old do school. this, do this. Right. Yeah. And anything else is kind of foreign to them. Mm-hmm. They just don't get it. But now I think a lot of people are like, this doesn't really, this doesn't really satisfy that hunger I have. Mm-hmm. Working nine to five so I can pay this mortgage yeah, all the yeah, time. Yeah. So I can I can do this same thing that everybody else. I want something more. I want something different. Right. Right. Just got to live life a little bit. Yeah. Just be excited about your life. Yeah. Because working nine to five, if you really love your job, then I mean, it's amazing. Yeah. Right. But I know people who are lawyers and they're like, man, I wish I just, I wish I did music. I love music. Mm. I'm like, what part? Like, oh, I just want to play in a band or something. I'm like you can. Yeah. And they're like, nah, I have kids. I'm like, that means nothing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you can really do whatever you want. Like, kids go to bed at eight, nine, mm-hmm. working music after that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there's always yeah. time yeah. to do things that you want to do. Yeah. And with, like, the old school, like, maybe 
especially the Caribbean mentality. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was reading something on Twitter the other day, and it was it kind of hit me hard. It was like, think about it. Your parents from Caribbean, their life goal was just to come here. Mm-hmm. That was it. Yeah. Just to be in Canada or North mm-hmm. America. And they were like pff, off to the races with that. Yeah. And they followed the trend of, I'm going to get a job. I'm going to get a pension. And then for them, like, that's making it. Yeah. So a lot of the times, like, your parents are like, happiness is this. Mm -hmm. Because that's what what makes them happy. Yeah. Right? But happiness for us is much different now. Yeah. Right? Way different. Like, I'm already here. Yeah. I I, I take that for granted. Like, (laughs) you know, I'm already here. Yeah. Yeah. Now I want to. Yeah. Now I want to dance on a building. You know, I want to do something different. (laughs) You know? I want to skydive. Yeah. I want to. And, like, they're, they're like, that's crazy. Yeah. I've traveled so much. My mom, my aunts are like. That's crazy that you you do that. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, you go to Thailand and you yeah. go to India and you eat all the food. And they're like, I could never do that mm-hmm. because they have this, like, they're not globally aware. Like, right. they're just like, it's Jamaica or Toronto. Like, yeah. that's it. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's that straight line. Yeah. There's nothing else. But at one point, going to Toronto was a big thing for them. Mm-hmm. It was like the big dream. Right. Yeah. But yeah. now we multiplied their dreams. Right. Right. It's not the dream isn't just going from one place to another place. It's going all over. All over. It's really stretching. Yeah. Right. And and even I think even for them to comprehend that, it's going to stretch them. Mm-hmm. And I think I really think this is going to hit home for a lot of people who are. Uh, what are we? Are we first generation Canadians? Is that what we'd we be are? First, yeah, we'd yeah. be first generation. Your Canadian. kids would be second. Right. Yeah. So I think it'll hit home with them because that's what their parents preach. Mm-hmm. Right. Get the job, a secure, stable job. Yeah. Get, earn your pension, earn yeah. your keep, buy your house, retire, live comfortably. Yeah. They're civilized. There are places out there that they don't even use the word retire because mm-hmm. they're always doing what they love. Yeah. Like, when do you want to stop doing what you love? Not at all. No. Do you don't want to retire? No. You just want to keep going. I want to ride it out. Yeah. Keep I want to ride it out till the wheels fall off. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, I'll ride it out till the wheels fall off, and maybe I'm, like, 45, and then... Hopefully, I made some money. I saved some cash, and I'll open up another business. Yeah, and I'll keep just it do going. That. Yeah, yeah. Working for yourself is the best thing that I've done, and I've realized when I got laid off. Two months after, I kind of woke up one day and I was like, "Whoa, it's gone." Mm. And what I mean by it was gone was the stress. Yeah, the, I didn't even realize. Me driving from my house to Kipling Station, mm-hmm. taking the subway to work, then going back home, Kip, subway, Kipling Station to home, mm-hmm. was slowly making me unhappy. Wow. And I didn't realize that until two months when I was laid off. I woke up and I was like, it's gone. Mm-hmm. Like that weight, that stress, that I, I, I feel like when I was working, I was so irritable, easy. Yeah. I was so easily be irritated because it was just not only the work but the travel and like the walking and the dodging people every little thing like getting up to go to the printer like everything was just like slowly <laughs> pulling you down and then two months after I was like oh my god I'm happy oh. and it was weird it was such a weird feeling wow. and I realized it because so I was like man I'm just chill now yeah. I feel so chill yeah and I'm, like, in a better place. Wow. 
Jeez. Mm-hmm. We didn't even talk about what you do. Like <laughs> we didn't we didn't really talk about it because <laughs> it's not just one dimensional. It's multifaceted, right? Yeah. It started as a wedding photography, then it is grown. And now you're into something completely different. Yeah. Um Yeah. Wow. I think it's just like I said, like the don't dash the blessing that God gave you and then mm-hmm. Once I kind of made that mental decision, like, to not do that, mm-hmm. it came in all facets of, like, business. Yeah. So when it came to um, meeting people, sometimes shooting for free. And there's sometimes I still shoot for free. Because mm-hmm. If it makes sense, I'll still do it. Yeah. Because um, I don't want to throw away a relationship because I wanted a paycheck. Because of money. Or just shooting people that will eventually you know, have something good to say about my work later on. Mm-hmm. Like, it's never a gray area. Maybe sometimes I won't hear a good thing about it for like three years, you know, but eventually you'll make the money back. Mm-hmm. Uh, but photography was, a hu- it just, it's still a huge part of my life. I love photography. Um, I think I'll be shooting up until like I'm old and I can barely press the shutter finger, like the yeah. shutter button on my camera because it gives me joy to do it. Yeah. You know, I still like doing it. Yeah. And, you know, with the game, it's just something else that came into my life and I was like, I can't give this up. Mm-hmm. I'll just do both. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll just do both. <laughs> All right. Let's let's go back to photography now. Mm-hmm. You said you you shot the your friend's wedding, then you were uh, a second shooter on other weddings. Then when you started being the main shooter, um, I know personally how you paid it forward, but how explain how you paid it forward. So um, I find other people that were also on the come up of photography, mm-hmm. and then I would definitely teach people. I would have one-on-ones with people, mm-hmm. and... Just kind of give them, like, kick games to them. Like, this is what you need to do. Like, mm-hmm. if the lighting is like this, you want to do this. Mm-hmm. If uh, someone is kind of irritating you on the wedding day, you want to bring it down like this. Like, mm-hmm. there's so many other things versus taking a picture that people don't realize when you're shooting. Mm-hmm. There is, like, a whole room of people that you need to make happy, right? Mm-hmm. And you need to, like, touch and give that all those people, like, a like a nice not even like a photo but just like a good conversation throughout the day because mm-hmm. everyone's so happy and it, I don't care if it's like your 100th wedding of the year you have to come on point because mm, this is their same first happiness. their first yeah. energy so wow. I would just teach people all those kind of things when I would be working with them yeah. and I would bring people onto second shoot weddings that already have their weddings established and they need more work or people who I just really like to work with I would have them second shoot for me and then I would always, I would always refer them to other people. So if someone's like, if I'm booked for the day and they're like, do you have another person to help shoot? I'm like, yes, take X, Y, Z, because mm-hmm. I know they're fantastic and I've worked with them before. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I'm like that because I'm someone who likes to see other people grow mm-hmm. as like I climb up, I can bring you with me. Mm-hmm. Um, but not everyone's like that. And I've run to situations yeah. where I've had issues where I've been shooting with a girl for two years and I was like, hey, like, I would love to get, like, your spill off. And she's like, oh, like, I give it to this person. I'm like, how? I was like, how? Why? Mm-hmm. I'm like, I've been with you for two years and you give it to somebody else. And then from there, I was like, I can't shoot with that person anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Not because I was hurt, but more because it was 
it was the it was like the matter of fact like that's what's happening yeah like you don't respect me as as, uh, as much and i need yeah. to go someplace else where i'm more respected right you know and then i just stopped shooting with that person mm-hmm. you no know, but those are the kind of situations that you need to do sometimes as you're growing up it's not always like it's not always a linear path. Mm-hmm. Like you're going to have these issues that really break you down or you're going to have these issues that really make you feel as if you're probably in the wrong place or you maybe you're not doing it right or maybe you shouldn't be here at all. And I've had multiple of those mm-hmm. where I've been like, oh, maybe I shouldn't be a photographer. Maybe I shouldn't be shooting anymore. Mm-hmm. But in terms of me growing up and helping other people out as, as I climb, then I'm always about that. Mm-hmm. People email me questions all the time. People ask me stuff on Instagram and I'm always answering questions because that's important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, being a mentor to other people is very important to me. Being someone um, that people can rely on without feeling like they're bothering or mm-hmm. ask, where people are asking me questions and they feel as if like it's a safe place. Mm-hmm. It's very important for me. And I also think that comes from being like the firstborn where I'm like, I'm always willing to help or take that responsibility on my back. Mm-hmm. So I'm that person when it comes to like personal life, friends, strangers. I'm always willing to help because that's that's very important. That's it's like that's the most important thing um, when it comes to training, mentoring, and just breathing new talent into the city mm-hmm. is always help. Mm. So. You mentioned briefly, you know, some days when you're questioning. Yeah, yeah, you're I've doing had those the right days. Thing. Uh, <laughs> the dark times. Yeah, the podcast begin. <laughs> <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Yeah. What now, happens? There's been a few. There's been a few of those, man. Like that one lady who I was working with for two years, and then she was giving the work away to someone else. Then I was like, I'm like, I'm here, you know, and. I've been working with you for two years. You asked me to shoot with you. I'm not asking you to. Sh- I'm not asking to shoot with you. You're asking me to shoot with you. So mm-hmm. you value my work. So why would you give your bleed off to somebody else? And you know what? Some people are just kind of like that. I guess they don't want you to leave them. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're like, if I don't give him the work, then he won't get so busy. I really like his style. Right. But I mean, you cannot. You cannot hinder someone's progress it's like when you put when you when you throw a rock into a river it keeps going mm-hmm. right anything you do it's just going to keep going the water's mm-hmm. going to keep flowing and whatever the universe is going to give you it's going to be yours regardless mm-hmm. so her doing that to me maybe maybe he made maybe made her feel better in the short term but in the long term of my life it's not going to make a difference. Yeah. Right? You're still going to get what you need. Because I'm still going to be a photographer. Yeah. I'm still going to be shooting. Mm-hmm. I'm still going to be making my own connections. Mm-hmm. So there's no reason to try to hinder my success or my progression. You cannot do it. It's, it's impossible. I'm too much of a person that's that's going to joke and move and catch and run. Like, you're not going to do that to me. But what, what, what brought you to that point? Because... Of that mentality? Yeah, what, what, yeah, what brought you to that mentality? Uh, I think I, that's that's a mentality I've always had. So that's just parents. That's just, mm-hmm. that's just, I think that's culture. You know, that's just growing up, being a black person saying, you know, life is going to be hard for you. Mm-hmm. So you need to hop over obstacles. You know what I mean? So things like that mm-hmm. are the reasons why you cannot get over on me because I will 
I'll just keep moving. So then you, at some point, you accepted that there will be obstacles. Yeah. 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 You've come to that realization. I think sometimes, uh, too often, we want the smooth path. Mm -hmm. And if it's not smooth, then we do what you were talking about. We question, should we really be here? Yeah. Right? And I I think it's not until you accept that you're going to have challenges. And the obstacles probably get bigger. Right. As you grow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Because it won't be a challenge, yeah. right? And uh, accepting that there's going to be a challenge is probably the first step to overcoming it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, There's there was another issue where I was shooting with another group of people and um, they, they, they said I could use my images that I was second shooting with them and I put them up and then they were like, take them down. Mm. And I was like, but we had a relationship. You said yes. And with that situation, I didn't talk to them for maybe about like two months. And then they finally broke me like, can we have a conversation with you? And I was like, yeah, sure. And then he eventually told me, he's like, honestly, I wasn't booking as many weddings. Um, You were getting really good. And I just felt a little, I felt a little bit like insecure. Wow. But your response to them not to them taking telling you to take them down you still took them down even though that wasn't down. the agreement you took them down took you didn't down. cuss them nope you didn't burn their studio down no you just took them down I was mad mm-hmm. that that was the one point where I was like yo honestly this is whack yeah. like this shit's whack I this I didn't get into the game for this I didn't get into the game for the politics mm-hmm. you know that was that, that situation really pissed me off mm-hmm. because I didn't see coming from someone who I considered friends Right. right. Someone who, you know, slept on my couch mm-hmm. when they didn't have anywhere to go, mm-hmm. you know, come back around and be like, yeah, you can't use my stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's crazy because I remember when you didn't have a place to stay, you called me and I picked you up in the rain. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like things like that. So eventually you just you just let things be bygones, be bygones and you will still flourish. Mm-hmm. You know, things are going to happen. And that's one thing I realized. So bad things happen. Now, now when really bad things happen, I just kind of just laugh it off. Cause I'm like, <laughs> this is not going to be the end of yeah. whatever I'm doing. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's going to correct itself yeah. and life goes on. You know, I still have a whole bunch of life to live. Like this little piece is not going to break me. Mm-hmm. And there's many breaking points in business, many breaking points where you, always wonder if this is going to work out for you you know if this makes sense but entrepreneurship's a weird spectrum man it's between like stupidity and arrogance <laughs> you know <laughs> like should I put $10,000 into this yeah it's probably a stupid idea yeah but your arrogance is like it's going to work <laughs> you know so then you do it and then it doesn't work but it works a little bit yeah and that's enough for you to be like Let's keep going, you know? So entrepreneurship, like when I see a lot of entrepreneurs and I hear success stories, I'm always like, what makes these guys just keep going? But Mm -hmm. I realize I have that too. It's just like you don't care about people who kind of like throw those wrenches. You care about all the success you're getting Mm -hmm. and the happiness you're bringing to other people. Mm -hmm. That makes you keep going. And if you just keep going, the sky's the limit. Mm -hmm. But your idea has to be decent, you know? It's got to be decent. 
I've had a serious day today, man. <laughs> I had Carl okay. in here spitting this knowledge on being an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much you know about his story. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. At your wedding, he was telling me. He was telling you, right? He, yeah. And he, we did a show. He, uh, you know, he's supposed to go into dental hygiene. Didn't want to. Missed his payments. Was working at a gas station. Met a real estate agent. Gone to yeah. real estate. <laughs> I remember he told me that. He was, like, up. hustling at a gas station. Yeah. So, yeah. And he it, had to get, like, a T4 slip or something yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's Crazy. real and it's raw. And I think it's crazy how... I guess sometimes you don't hear these real raw stories. So people think, I think people glorify entrepreneurship without really knowing yeah. the, the, the the down and dirty of it, right? Yeah. There's times where it can be like, it can be very depressing. Yeah. Very depressing. I remember when I first started photography, I would come home and I would open my email hoping that it would ding. Mm. You know, mm. hoping you get that as like mm-hmm. you have an email mm-hmm. and then some days I would I would get that ding and I look at it and it was junk mm-hmm. you know like that would happen mm-hmm. and you just kind of have faith like you know the work is good yeah. you know people are going to bite eventually as time yeah. takes on like yeah. you know it you know it you know it you know it when people that are in the industry that um, have seen a lot of work who've been around for years and they tell you you know you're like one of the best photographers you've seen yeah. you know they're not going to be lying to you yeah. You know, because they're in your competition to a certain degree. They're not going to gas you up. Yeah. So you just know it's eventually it's going to happen. It's going to work, whatever, th- whatever um, your industry is. Mm-hmm. OK, work so, is around. So you shifted now uh, into the boudoir. Yeah. Um, what 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 inspired that? So when I started boudoir photography, I thought um, this is again. Spectrum, stupidity and arrogance, right? <laughs> uh, I'm going to change the game, mm-hmm. which I believe I did. I think I made a small dent towards some women were saying, this is different than what everybody else is doing. Yeah. Because boudoir photography at the, the time thing. was very much a, I'll wear his dress shirt or I will wear like his jersey and that sort of thing. That's what a lot of photographers were doing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, uh, well, what if it was for you? Mm-hmm. You know, what about it was for you being sexy versus you be sexy for him? Yeah. So I want that spin on it. Mm-hmm. And also, um, my thing was very playful. I would have all yeah. the girls wear funny socks. Yeah. And um, um, I didn't go with the – there's another group of photographers who went like the overly sexy route. Mm-hmm. And um, I was more like playful sexy. Yeah. Which I thought was more attractive. Way more. And it has so much taste. And yeah. And I, I personally thought – it was super empowering. Yeah. When I saw you. the images, I was like, you're not doing typical. Mm-hmm. You're doing something different. And and the vibe, not only from the looks on their faces, but the whole vibe of the whole shoot. Yeah. You can tell that they were confident in their skin. Right. And it, with the image. And I, I can guarantee that whenever they look at those photos, they feel good. I'm, I'm you know what? That's I'm glad you he, I to hear you say that. Mm-hmm. And the people who I've shot, they were. I remember I went to one photography reset workshop, and we I would always do, and I got invited, and it was like uh, forty of us photographers or thirty five of us. Sorry, we went to Tennessee in a cabin. It was like a five floor cabin, and we all were just like shooting all day each other and just making art. Honestly, one of the best times of my life for photography were doing those getaway trips yeah. because there were great resets and being around all these creatives. Like, yeah. talk about like steel sharpens steel, iron sharpens iron. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? 
fantastic group of people. And I went there and people were like, I need you to shoot my boudoir. I need you to shoot my boudoir. Mm-hmm. And I had only been doing shooting boudoir for maybe like a few months. Mm-hmm. And everyone was like, I need you to shoot mine. I need you to shoot mine. So I was like, this is amazing. I'm getting all these photographers who want me to shoot their shoot them like half naked, which is fantastic. Yeah. They're trusting me with, you know, being yeah. that nude. And um but when it came to the market, the actual market, yeah, yeah. I don't think I was accepted. Mhm. And uh I also don't believe that that was more like a learning curve for me. Mhm. Between between photography and boudoir. Mm-hmm. So photography is a need. You need a photographer for your wedding. Sorry, wedding photography is a need. You right. need a wedding photographer for your wedding. You don't necessarily need a boudoir shoot. Right. You just you want it. Mm-hmm. Right? So I didn't I hadn't I thought I think at the time all photography for me was the same. People like it, it's dope, they buy it. But I didn't realize that photography for boudoir was more like a want. And I also believe that kind of hindered my progress because I was like, it's not moving as fast as the wedding stuff is. Yeah. And everyone's telling me it's dope. Everyone says it's great and it's so different. But a lot of people weren't buying into it as a product. Um a lot, of pop, a lot of people probably weren't buying into me as a photographer to shoot their boudoir. So when I did some research, because the market's never wrong, by the way. The market is never wrong. I asked some photographers that I know, some female photographers. I'm like, hey, I'm having a trouble shooting, you know, these women. And they were like, it's possibly because you're a man. Mm-hmm. And also, also because a lot of women don't want to, don't want to my own horn, but they were like, get naked in front of a good-looking guy. Yeah, yeah. And I was like... Do I feel judged? Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. I didn't even think about that. Mm-hmm. Not that I think I'm good-looking or anything like that. Yeah. I was just like, I didn't think that that would happen. Yeah. Right? You didn't consider it. I didn't even consider it. Wasn't even, it. Yeah. So I was like... You just like, want to make good pictures. Oh, yeah. I just wanted <laughs> to give people great art. And I was yeah. like, oh, man, I'm making these girls feel great. Mm-hmm. That's what my mind was. Mm-hmm. And then when I heard that, I was like... Boy, it's a wrap for me. Really, it's a wrap. It was there was nothing I could have done, I think, differently instead of like wait it out and keep waiting. I mean, the site is still up, mm-hmm. but I don't get any emails. I don't get any inquiries for it. Really. So when you say the market doesn't lie, is that the market, or do you mean the market research you did with other photographers? No, I think hearing that, yeah. I think that it's weird because I feel like photographers they see so much work. And they know it's different, so they gravitate towards it. And they weren't they don't care about being naked or not, right? But the outside world couldn't tell the difference between good and bad, what's different, what's cool. And they were okay with going to women who were doing this cheesier stuff, or going to guys that had their women as partners, right. or going to guys that were overly sexual because that's what they were so used to. Mm-hmm. So for me, I just didn't think uh, it really fit for what I was putting out. Maybe they didn't like the style. Maybe they didn't like the cute, sexy. Maybe they wanted real sexy. Yeah. And I wasn't doing that. So I'm not necessarily sure what it was exactly, but mm-hmm. it didn't really catch on. I got a lot of people who would email me and then not email back. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people would inquire about prices and they wouldn't email back. Mm-hmm. So 
for me, I was like, you know what? I guess it's not working. It was like two years in. I was like, I guess the market is telling me something. And I need to realize the market is not buying into it. Mm-hmm. And if they're not buying into it, I need to focus on other things. And weddings were making money. Weddings was working. So I just kind of like double down on the wedding stuff. Mm-hmm. So I had to let it go. Mm-hmm. But I have friends who are like, I want to show my boudoir. And I'm like, I'll definitely do it. Yeah, You know, because... I love photography. I don't necessarily love weddings, portraits, this or that. I just love all photography. Right. So whatever I get my hands on a camera, I'm like, let's make dope art regardless of what it is. Yeah. So if someone's like, I want to shoot boudoir, I'm like, sweet, something yeah. different I get to yeah. do that I haven't yeah. done for a while, you know? Yeah. So for me, it's, it is what it is. Like, it's just fun. It's yeah. all fun. Like I said, I, did for, I would do it for free, yeah. right? <laughs> but man, I still got bills, so I got to <laughs> All right, so what's what's on the plate right now? You got a new game. Yeah, so I'm, I got the game. Yeah. Um, so what Ox God is, it's like my new passion project that I'm kind of working on. Mm-hmm. Ox God is a card game where uh, two teams battle each other by playing music from their smartphones. Mm-hmm. So you basically put an Ox cord into your phone and the judging team would read a card such as, you know, play a song about your past relationship. Mm-hmm. And the two teams break off and they think about a song and the phone is connected to the speaker and they play their song and they battle each other so people are like dancing they're vibing they're like yeah. cursing the judges like you didn't pick my song and it's a great party game yeah. um the hip-hop and r&b version is out right now mm-hmm. where you can get on oxgodgame.com mm-hmm. i had to put that in there <laughs> and uh Do thing, man. and uh you know what the interns have been great because we we finished the pop version mm-hmm. uh, we're making a pop version now and we just started brainstorming the rock version. Wow. So, it, it, it honestly, it, it's it's a new thing for the market. It's a new thing for parties, a new thing for, for, for you know, get-togethers, cottage mm-hmm. weekends. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it still brings me back to, like, being creative. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and seeing my parents, my aunts and uncles play games growing up. And I'm like, oh, this is great. Like, I can make a game. And, mm-hmm. you know, we were at a party. The idea kind of happened at the party. And I went home and I was like, that was special. Like, I can do that. We should make that. So what was, happened at the party? So I was at a, I was at a party in, uh, for Canada Day mm-hmm. at my boy's place. And uh, I was playing music on a Bluetooth speaker. Mm-hmm. And a guy came up to me and he said, how about we have a little bit of a sound clash? Like, you play a song, I play a song. And I was like, all right, cool. I'm like, yo, you're not going to win. I promise you, you're not going to win, dog. And then... <laughs> My boy, who's hosting the party, was like, play a song from a rapper from the 90s, play a female rapper song, play an R&B song. Mm-hmm. Not, no structure at all. So we played for like an hour and a half. I came home and I was like, man, I could have played this song, this song, and that song. Mm-hmm. There's so many songs I could have played. And I woke up the next morning and it was still in my mind. Mm-hmm. And I started Googling for a game because I was just going to buy it. Yeah. But there was no game. There's nothing. And that same day, July 2nd, mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to start writing questions. And I started writing questions for Ox God that same day. Mm-hmm. Um, like uh, maybe from July, I started writing. In November, we had the Kickstarter. And the next July, I had delivered all the games to everyone who supported the Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. And it's honestly one of like the craziest things to see. Because people who have bought it all over the States, Canada, some in Europe, 
And when they tag me on Instagram and they're showing me their party of them playing, yeah. it blows my fucking mind. <laughs> Something I made in my basement. Yeah. Writing, just like writing questions in Excel. Yeah. And people are just playing how I would play at my house with my family. Wow. Everyone else is getting those opportunities. And I'm like, this is amazing. And this is, that's the stuff that keeps you going. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's it's great. I love, I love it. I love that it's, kind of is growing and I'm able to have like the interns now and they're kind of working with me and like they teach me things and I teach them things about business and Mm -hmm. you know it's 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 a small company but um it's something it 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 puts a lot of joy and like a big smile on my face to to see that like it's it's growing way more than I would have imagined Mm -hmm. you know from something that I made in my basement thinking that I was only going to play with my family now people are buying it wow yeah you know, the funny thing is I used to have those battles, too, with my boys. Sound Yo, people, everyone tells me that. <laughs> yeah. Everyone and tells like, me Yo, that. Yo, I got a track. Oh, I got a better track. Yeah. And you go back and forth. Everyone <laughs> always tells me that, too, which is so crazy. Everyone's yeah. like, Yo, I used to do this with my sister. I used to do yeah. this. I used to do this. And I'm like, it's just, you know what? I know, I know there's a lot of people who have done it, right? Mm-hmm. But it's almost so simple because everyone has music on their phones now. Yeah. Right, and all you need is like a structure of a game, and people are like, "It's song versus song," and you could, it's it's a game that you could never get tired of. Yeah, because nostalgia is so priceless. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, you can you can put an old school song versus a new song. You can yeah. do two new songs. You can do two old songs. Yeah, and the conversations that people have. It's like everyone's tapping into when they heard that song. Yeah. You know? Middle school dance, my first crush. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, my hands are on her waist. Oh, my God. You know, this Jodeci was playing. Like, shit like that. People love it. Yeah. And I just, I love seeing those videos because it puts a joy on my face. Like, it puts a big smile on my face to see that people are really enjoying something that, you know, I put a lot of effort into mm-hmm. and a lot of... um a lot of time, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of like ups and downs with this project and to see people enjoy it, it it's it's dope. To see people turn up, it's 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 great. I just hope that, you know, we can hit the next level and it's just as big as Monopoly and people know what it is and mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And I think that would be cool. Like my my goal is, bro, if I just get like a wiki page <laughs> that says Michael Russo from Mississauga. Yeah invented this game yeah oh man I'm, I'd be fucking ecstatic <laughs> I just want a wiki page I'm not gonna make it myself I'm gonna wait till somebody else makes it I want that wiki that's my goal bro <laughs> oh man yeah I got a wiki as an athlete oh yeah I've seen they it they put I've seen one it, on yeah. they put one on and this guy's got a wiki fuck <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's good though. You know what? Um, for the amount of work that you've put in, especially to your body and like um, the hours, the years, mm-hmm. you know, you deserve it. You deserve it. <laughs> you have to like a wiki is like a crown. It's but like it's dope, man. But it's like, <laughs> it's, you know oh, what? Of all, like you can get awards for being like a top athlete and all those kind of things but there's other there's things sometimes you don't need those things yeah. it's like the smaller ones that really like yeah. I got that yeah. you know like Kobe got the Oscar yeah. and he's like this is the best thing I've ever done in my life yeah 
right? Yeah. Man has what five championship rings? Yeah, that's true. And he's like, this yeah. is the most. This is the thing I'm most. I'm most proud of. Yeah, it's exotic. Uh, yeah, it's 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 foreign. Right. It's, yeah. It's exclusive. Yeah, it's it's different. <laughs> so, the wiki thing for me is great. I'm like, dude, I just I I want it. I want it up. Yeah. And like. I'm not someone who boasts about things like that. I'm I'm very like humble. Yeah. But if I get that wiki dog, <laughs> everyone's <laughs> hearing about it. Everyone. Man. We got a plan when you're coming back next. There's a lot more. I feel like there's more we could <laughs> I could squeeze out of you. Mm-hmm. What do you want to leave everybody with? Um you, you already put a lot on them. This is this is a lot. <sighs> what I want to say, I think you know, if you're if you're like 22 years old, and you know you you're going through a, like a breakup or something, it gets better. Mm. Um, there's a lot of life to live. If you're 22 years old and you're not sure what you want to do when you grow up, mm-hmm. you still have plenty of time to grow up. Trust mm. me. Um, you know, if there's there's always time to make changes. Mm-hmm. I would say make them as fast as possible. Because once you make your change, there's still a lot of growing you have to do within that space. Mm. But just never stop. Like, always do what you want to do in life. If you want to be a lawyer, you know, do it. You know, but if you want to be an actor, you should also try that too. You know, you should do everything you want to do in life. You really, you really and truly only have one life to live. And you don't want to be 66 years old and be like, yo, I could have did this. You really don't want to live with a, with a regret because that's the worst feeling. It's the worst. Or if you have an idea for like a game, for example, or anything like that, you don't want to sit on your ass and then see someone else do it, right? Because that doesn't feel good either. So you really got to take your blessings with you and don't dash away the blessings that God gives you. Because I'll, I'll promise you, He gives it to you for a certain amount of time and then He gives it to somebody else. <sighs> Man. Granny, thanks for having me, bro. I really appreciate it. If you guys want Oxgod, it's auxgodgame.com. That's the same name for uh, Instagram, auxgodgame. And you can find me on Instagram for my photography stuff at Mike Bamboo Like the Plant. Thanks for having me. Peace. Jeez. We out.